right. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. I know we're giving God that glory. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. Pray for me, fam. Pray. Pray that he be quick and to the point. <laughs> there is now three and four-year-olds. That means somebody stood in and said, I'll take your three and four-year-olds. Come on, send them back. Amen. I think they already left. because they. Oh, there we go. All right. They're waiting for you. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for the ministry of your presence, God. Sometimes nobody has to say anything. We just thank God for the ministry of his presence. Sometimes all you need to do is sit in his presence. It doesn't matter what we sing, what we say, who says anything, who touches, and just sitting in his presence. Amen. I saw this, I read this someplace, it says my, and it just fits, my story is filled with broken pieces, terrible choices, and ugly truths. <laughs> Can anybody relate? But it's also filled with major comebacks, peace in my soul, and a grace that saved my life. Amen. Thank you for joining us in our series, God, Season 2. What we're doing is a walk through the New Testament. We're following God's people through God's word to watch and see how God's grace and his mercy meets man's sin and rebellion and provides a covering and a connection. Amen. Amen. So last week we started with the premise... We were, uh, or the reflection from the movies of, about make-believe, you know, the make-believe stories of superheroes, right? And how when a, a superhero first found out that they have these powers and this ability, they had to learn how to walk in their newfound giftings. Now, we, we understand that's just make-belief, that's just stories, that's Hollywood drama, but there's something very real in that application that resounds to us. Somebody say amen. amen. As New Testament believers, whether we've been believers for years or all of this is brand new to us, we find ourselves in the same predicament as many of these make-belief superheroes. We have to learn how to walk in our giftings and abilities that God has entrusted us with. So like I said last week, too often we're walking around powerless with power on the inside. Powerless with power on the inside. And so I, 
I wanted for us to get a glimpse, to get a a picture of what kind of power we're walking in. And so to do that, even though we're walking through the New Testament, I didn't want the Old Testament power to go unnoticed. And so we started there last week. And what we saw and hopefully got a good picture of was the power, I'm excited too, was the powerful way the Spirit of God can move on and with and through God's people. Somebody say amen. And so we found out that through, just by going through obvious verses, not even digging deep, just obvious verses where it says the Spirit of God was with someone. And we went through the Old Testament last week and we found out that in the Old Testament alone, we saw the Spirit of God was involved since creation. So the Spirit of God is creativity. It's the source of life. It replenishes. It teaches, instructs. It leads. It gives understanding. We made a list last week. Get a hold of it if you don't have it. It inspires. It gives intelligence. It gives ability. The ability to work in any craft or in any field. Say amen. So it it can put the plans and designs in someone and give others the skills to bring it forth. The the Spirit of God brings revelation and interpretation. It brings favor even in the enemy's camp and under the enemy's hand. Listen, even in the enemy's land, it can elevate you from the pit to the prison to the person in charge. Some of you gotten out of your pit, you're in the prison right now, and God's still, still waiting to move you, to elevate you, to give you authority. It can, it can make, the Spirit of God can make it possible for you to prophesy, to, to change you into a different person. It can lift burdens from some and place burdens on others. It can give you power and strength that you didn't have in the natural, making you supernatural. The Spirit of God can raise you to your feet and send you as well as break you down and call you. And like with all of the judges, the Spirit of God can use someone who isn't perfect. The Spirit of God doesn't, the the person doesn't have to have it all together. He, He can use someone that might not even feel he's right with God and use him to bless someone, to minister to someone, to help someone, to serve someone, to rescue someone, to encourage someone. The Spirit of God, according to what the Scriptures tell us, can not only equip and encourage and empower us to do things that we couldn't do on our own, but it can also warn us and stop us and prevent us from doing the wrong things sometimes it's so powerful I have today I'm gonna call my friend up my Viking friend I have a a living testimony man that I want you to hear and because I I want you to see that this isn't some old-fashioned outdated irrelevant teaching these aren't some bumper sticker uh, a Christian t-shirt verses that you that we just talk about this is real life it's very true very appropriate for today amen come on Reuben My message today, my message today, he's a little nervous, but it's good. My message today, as we get started in the book of Acts, I titled it, Caught in the Act. Good morning. Go ahead, Ruben. Uh, I'm a little nervous, so forgive me. Um, My testimony actually began on a Wednesday. I came here for prayer, and I heard something where somebody said, A man's strength is measured in his surrender. And I thought that was a really nice thing. 
So I kept it with me for the week. And on Saturday morning, I wake up real early to keep the testimony short. I wake up really early. I go to do some gardening work. And I took a little pride in this because I prepared myself for it. And Friday, Saturday morning comes. I do the work for about four hours. I leave to go to work. I come home. And I see that somebody just poured dirt and rocks all over my flowers. And I'm just like, man, after all this, and I'm looking at it, and I just walked away from it. I didn't want to deal with it because I knew how I felt at the moment. And I, and I next day comes Sunday morning. I looked at my cameras. I knew who it was. I saw that it was my neighbor. So I was, I was more eager to submit to, and, and to submit to the way I felt. I wanted to give her the attention that I felt that she deserved, which was wrong. And I wanted to be as petty as possible, as grimy as possible. I had so many ideas. Um, and I was mad at the conviction, to be honest with you. I was mad that God was not letting me do what I wanted to do. And I knew that it was God, and I knew that it was him because I never felt this way before. I always did everything on my own, everything. So as I surrender, I let it go. I even sent her a morning text, I'm sorry if I did something to offend you. She replies back, sets me off. I was like, oh, man. So we fast forward. My wife tells me, my best friend tells me, I'm looking for permission to stay home. And they all tell me, go to church. I come to church, pastor service is dead on with what's going on. And he talks about how the Holy Spirit meets the army and converts them. So I'm like, all right, great service, great preaching. I leave here. I'm still mad because I have to go home and fix this. I have to spend another couple of bucks in this event and, and, you know, get back on my knees and do this. I go home after going to Home Depot after service. I'm still mad. I don't really want to deal with nobody. And as I go to the front of my house and I feel embarrassed, I feel played, I feel dumb because I felt like she was laughing at me. She comes out and immediately, what are you doing? And my son is standing next to me, so I don't want to talk to her or offend her in front of my kids. I don't want to get crazy. I'm getting defensive. I could feel it almost. And as I told her, I promise everything will be taken care of. I'm going to leave it better than before. I said... And, she, and I said, I'm sorry that we couldn't get along. She turns around and she goes, we could. I just feel like you take advantage. And she gave me an example of what I may have done. And I felt that it was wrong. And I, I still apologized. I still surrendered to her knowing that it wasn't even completely real. And within a minute of that conversation, that lady turns around and goes, I'm sorry for what I did to you. Can I have a hug? And it was weird. I gave her the hug. My whole morale, demeanor changed instantly. I sincerely felt like even my house felt different. Like, coming home has been a relief. She made us a cake. She told us, you know, through the week she was checking on me. How's everything? Made a cake for the kids. It was really different, and it felt good. It felt good. Good job. Good job. <laughs>
A surrendered man is not a man who has given up, but a man who's tapped into something stronger than he is. <clears throat> I, read, I read somewhere, it says there's two ways to live your life. One is, is as though nothing is a miracle, and the other is as though everything is. Now listen, listen. You, you could be sitting here today dealing with some really heavy issues. And you could brush that off and you could say, no offense, but I really don't care about Reuben's crushed flowers. Some of you are laughing because that's what you thought. Like, really? Do you know what I'm, you got crushed flowers, bro? Really? Some of us are dealing with some, some right? But listen, but that's not really a story about flowers, is it? It's not a testimony even about good neighbors, is it? To, to be honest, I don't really care about Reuben's flowers, but I care about Reuben. I care about his wife. I care about his kids. I care, listen, I care that, that men are making better choices than they have in the past. I, I, it's not I, I, that something so insignificant could have led to further escalation, but now it can be celebrated as a testimony of the power of God. How the Spirit of God can stop you from acting the, what you normally would have done. Some of you might have heard the story and you got happy when you heard somebody got caught in the act. You said she got caught on film. You got her. She's caught in the act. You got it on film. You could do anything now. You got proof. I got happy that somebody got caught in the act doing the good thing. No, y'all didn't get that. Uh, we love the bochinche, especially the Spanish folk in here. We, get, we love it, right? And so we got happy somebody got caught in the act doing the bad thing. But we need to get happy somebody got caught in the act doing the good thing. Amen? Too often all we hear and talk about is Christians getting caught in the act doing worse things. There's more gossip in the church sometimes than the housewives of Atlanta. We should be known for something different. If we're going to be about this word, if we're going to be about this book, if we're going to be about this God, we should be getting caught in the act all the time doing the right thing. Doing the good thing. Let me give you a Paul Washer quote. This guy is rough. We as Americans are the wealthiest Christians who have ever walked the face of the earth. We're the most protected Christians that ever walked the face of the earth, and yet we're the emptiest Christians who ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah, siéntate, siéntate, sit down. See, that's walking around powerless with power on the inside. I asked you last week, what's your superpower? In case you haven't figured it out today, I want to tell you what it is. The book of Acts tells us after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to the disciples and to many people over a period of time. 
That morning to Mary Magdalene, to the other women at the tomb, to Peter. That afternoon to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. By, by the evening to the disciples excluding Thomas. By the following Sunday to the disciples including Thomas. For the next 30 days he appeared multiple times in multiple places to multiple people. To 500 people at one time at the mountain of Galilee. To, to his half-brother James. To the disciples in Jerusalem. To the disciples in Mount Olivet. Acts 1 3 says, after his death, he presented himself alive to them in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face to face meetings, he talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. And as they met and ate meals together, he told them, You were, they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but they must wait for what the Father has promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus was first appearing to them, these men were still the same men that they were before his death. You understand what I'm saying? As a a matter of fact, they were still, when, when they would meet, they were hiding in a room with the door shut. When Jesus appeared, he didn't use the door because he is the door. Amen. So, so, so they were hiding in a room because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. <clears throat> I guess they had every right to be afraid of them because those were the leaders who put Jesus to death. But here's what I want you to see. It, it's that even these disciples and followers who walked with him, some for three years, and learned from him, they saw him do incredible things, supernatural things. They even did supernatural things when they walked with him. But even though he had told them that he would be killed, that he would suffer, that he had to die, but that he would not be defeated, and in three days he would rebuild this temple. Even though he told them that, it was now the third day and they were still hiding. They were still cowering. Even though they were victorious, they were walking around defeated. Oh, church. That's us sometimes. Even though we're victorious, we're walking around defeated. Powerless. He had to meet with them and and convince them it was him. He tells them, wait here, don't go, because something's about to change. The Holy Spirit that I've been telling you about, the Spirit of God that John the Baptist spoke of, that which I walk in, the gift that the Father has given to you, it's coming. Tell somebody, it's coming. The Spirit of God that gave Samson strength. It's, it's coming. The Spirit of God that gave Joseph favor and incredible insight. The Spirit of God that spoke to Moses and made a regular man a leader of thousands. The Spirit of God that gave Job understanding. The Spirit of God that gave Daniel wisdom and protected him in the lion's den. The Spirit of God that stood in the fire with the three Hebrew boys when they refused to sell out. The Spirit of God that made David a king even though his brothers appeared more qualified. The Spirit of God that gave him the wisdom to lead. The Spirit of God that leads his people by a cloud in the day and by a fire by night and provided food from the skies and water from a rock. That's Spirit of God. The Spirit of God that delivered them from slavery and bondage and gave them victory over their enemies and when they walked with God. That Spirit is coming, Jesus says. And it's a gift from the Father. And it's going to change everything. He tells them, stay here and wait for it. 
And during those 40 days, he appeared again and again to teach and to encourage. The, the first time uh, he appeared to the disciples, Thomas wasn't there, so he ran his mouth. He said, you guys are crazy. I don't believe you. Unless I see the holes in his hands, unless I put my hands in his side, I, I'm not going to believe. The next time they met, Thomas got caught in the act, and Jesus says, how you like me now? See, he tells them, and believe and be blessed. And blessed are those who haven't seen and, and still believe. And so he told them, wait, and in a few days something is going to happen. It's been 10 days at this point. So even though Jesus has appeared to five, over 500 people, day 10, there were 120 gathered in the upper room. How many are good at math? I heard 380. Derek just dropped it. 380. Even though he spoke to over 500 people, day 10, there were 120 in the room. What does that tell us? Not everyone called comes. Not everyone God tells to stay waits. These 120 remained, and 10 days later, they were in the upper room praying. They had set aside whatever agenda they had, and they came together to wait and to pray. Some might have had issues with, with others in the room. Uh, we don't know. It doesn't tell us. But, you know, whatever there's two or three people, there's a problem. Amen? <laughs> Some might have had to, had to ask for forgiveness. Some might have had to make peace with their brother or with their sister. Some, there might have been people in the upper room who were raised differently, who see things differently, and, and uh, uh, they have a different way of seeing things, but none of that mattered at this point. Jesus says, wait and pray. Stay here and wait, because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Another version says they were in one accord, not a Honda. They were of one mind. They were in one spirit. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came. Remember we talk about the Spirit comes sometimes in a fire, sometimes in a wind, sometimes in a stillness, sometimes in a, in a voice, sometimes in a presence. Well, the, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be <clears throat> tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one. What was that a picture of? Remember, the Spirit in the past led the whole nation of Israel corporately by a cloud and at night by a fire. Now this fire appears in the upper room and it splits and it goes on each one. God is saying, now, I won't lead you like I'm going to individually, I'm going to be with each and every one of you. They were waiting. They had set aside their differences. They were, they were in one mind. of what, They got caught in the act doing good, and they were rewarded for it. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Verse 4 says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to. They, they got caught in the act praying and being of one spirit and one mind. And, 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 they, they, and, and, and we talked about all through the Old Testament, each one of them, the, they, they spilled out into the community. And there were people from all over because of the festivals, the, the Passover, Jews from all over, from all different dialects. And everybody heard them speak in their own languages. Meaning the Spirit of God was a translator. The Spirit of God will give us the gift to communicate to people in languages we haven't even studied. Oh, man. It was a beautiful chaos. So much so that people were saying, these guys are lifted. These guys got lit in the upper room. This is madness what I'm hearing right now. These are men of Galilee. Aren't these the fishers men from Galilee? How are they talking my dialect? How are they understanding me? When did they learn that? Who's doing this? This is crazy. They got to be drunk. Peter speaks out. Wait. The same Peter who denied even knowing Christ when he was accused by a little teenage girl. He said, I don't know him. Yeah, weren't you with him? I don't know him. Shut up. I don't even know him. I don't even know what you're talking about. The same Peter speaks out. That same Peter who said, I don't know about all these other guys, but I'm going to be with you to the end. But he was never to be found at the cross. The same Peter who just some days ago was still hiding his meetings, locking the doors because he was afraid of all these Jewish leaders. That Peter, now filled with the Spirit of God, finds his superpower and he preaches a message in the midst of all of the people that he was afraid of before. Acts 2.37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Peter preached a message full of the Spirit of God, and, and the people were just like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. What do we do? How can we be saved? How can we be rescued? How, is there help for me? What do I need to do? Peter, boldly, he tells them, yeah, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. 3,000 without a speaker, without a microphone, without a PA system, in the middle of dirt. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Those were all Jews, but by Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles are believing. And they're being filled with the same Holy Spirit as the Jews were. Same, somebody say amen. amen. And the church was born. The prophecy Jesus gave some time before came to pass. He said, you are Peter. And on you I'll build, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Here we still are. Acts 2.42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Family, you want to know how to act and how to walk in your superpower? Devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Get caught doing what God called you to do. 
You want to walk in your superpower? Get caught doing what you were created to do. Get caught doing what God called you to do. That, that's the little things, man. It's the, the picking up trash. It's the bringing the grocery cart back in place. It's the, it's the letting somebody know in the street. It's being kind. It's saying good morning and God bless you. It's, it's being, get caught doing the good things. Get caught doing the right things. Forty-four. It says, and all the believers, listen to this, they were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day, every day, say every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God together, enjoying the favor of all the people together. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How many times do you need to hear the word together? To understand that we're called to work together? That we're called to be together, to break bread together, to pray together, to share together. What if every time the world looked at us and studied us, they would catch us in the act? Doing the things that God called us to do. Being who God called us to be. What if every week we got caught in the act? And what if it actually, if we were actually uh, aware of it? What if we, some, so you, 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 sometimes, you know, people will share a testimony and you'll think, that might be this or that might be that or, or, or and, and, and it could be, you know, it could be, I'm sure it spoke to, to a lot of you. I'm sure, to, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we hear something and we say, but what if we put ourselves and we became aware of how the Spirit works in our lives. And we get, became aware of, of being caught in the act doing who, what God called us to do. Amen? Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will have power and be witnesses. Some people want the power without the witness. Some people want the power, like, like the one in the Bible that saw them, he saw them laying on hands and he said, whoa, he took out his cash. He said, give me that. Give me some of that. Well, like drachmas or whatever, you know. He said, give me that. He took out a bag of coins and he told the apostles, give me, give me that. Whatever you had, that power that you were able to touch people and they got filled with the Spirit, give me that. I want to buy that. And they, they, got, they told him, to hell with your money, bro. That's not... That's not something you can buy. See, you can't have power and not be witnesses. You don't, Jesus said, you don't light a light and put it under a table. You have power and be witnesses. You, you don't light something up on fire and you don't have fire fall on something and then, and then wonder why people are coming around to see it. Worship team, come, come real quick. Let me close with this. Here's the, here's the whole point. If I got up here for two weeks straight to talk to you about one thing, let's say, let's change the topic. Let's say I got up here and I was talking about the world's most expensive car. What is that? No men? Bugatti. What, what is it, guys? 
Good. Yeah, yeah. You know that one. That one, that one. What if I, come on, guys. What if I talk to you for two weeks about a Bugatti? And I'm telling you stories about how they're made and what they can do. (coughs) She wouldn't be happy, obviously, but... What if I told you that it had a quad-turbo-charged 16-cylinder engine? That it had to be computer-controlled to limit it to 250 miles an hour because no tire manufacturer would guarantee tires that'll be able to stand up to that. What if I told you that they only made 40 of them and they go for over 6 million a car? What if I tell you the car is so exclusive and so exotic that an oil change costs twenty to 25000 I can tell you about the six exhausts that it has. I can talk about the, gla- the views from the glass roof that it has. I can tell you about how the LED headlights are air intakes to cool the brakes. We're getting excited now. Some of you, you might ruin my illustration, but no, some, some of you, some of you might be, you know, you might get excited about, about, you might be interested in all the facts and all the abilities that the car has, but after a while, the interest level is going to start to wane, amen? Because I'm talking about something you don't have. I'm talking about something if there were only 40 and they're already sold, some of you will probably never. I'm not trying to limit you, but you know what I'm saying. I'm not putting limits on you. God could do anything. As a matter of fact, the ushers come forward with the keys. Now you got excited. Somebody woke up. We're getting cars. This is Oprah. Get out of here. I got something better than cars. I got something better. I got keys. <laughs> oh, I got keys. But if I talk to you about something like that for two weeks, you you start to start to tune out. And if I tell you next week we're gonna we're gonna talk about it some more. Some of you're gonna be like, all right, enough. Enough. Because it's not something that you're probably ever going to sit in. It's not something that you're probably ever going to be in control of. Not something you're likely to experience. But today is Pentecost Sunday. I'm not talking about something that's exclusive or something that's rare or something that's only for a select few. I've been talking about something that's available to each and every one of you. It's available. Do you understand? It's available to you. It's available to you. Everyone here does what, they, what, they're, what they're able to do because of the Spirit of God that's in them. And that's available to you. Why don't we stand for a minute? Let's stand. Let's stand. I never, 
I know, you know, it's harder to receive something sitting down. I want to, if, yes. if I'm excited, somebody's going to give me something, I want to stand. Yes, yes. Amen? Yes. If I said I had checks for you, none of you would stay sitting. <laughs> that power, <coughs> that superpower. You know what's, this is a side note. If you, if you look around at the different colors and shades that are in the room, that's such a beautiful picture of heaven. And you know what that means? <laughs> I love this. We, even though we come from different backgrounds, we come from different places. Some of us speak a native tongue that's different from the, 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 the rest that are here. We got my Caribbean corner over here. <laughs> we got, where's my Dominicans at? Where's Caesar? What are we all doing in one building together? Why aren't you with the other Dominicans? Why aren't you with the other Caribbeans? Where are my Cubans? I'm by myself here. What's going on? Amen. 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 But the beauty of that is that we're all one body. That's crazy. We're one body. I don't know. I, I mean, in the past, I've driven cars that were this many colors. So I, I understand about poverty, you know. But, but isn't it beautiful that God, that, that, the Spirit of God can make us one with people that look differently than us, with people that have different ways of thinking. Some of you might have come here with different beliefs, with different mindsets, with different traditions. I keep yelling at some of you, take off the saints off your chains, take those stupid things off. I keep trying to break old traditions and religions off of you because I want you to be free. The Spirit of God that does all these things is available to you and to me to walk in. And all we have to do is walk in it. Really, I want this to be a life-changing moment. This is not a corny, I'm not trying to draw up drama. I want you to be changed. I want to be changed. How about that? Let's talk about me. I want to be changed. I want more often to be caught in the act doing what God called me to do. The, the other day somebody, somebody um, talked to me, they, they met me. Everywhere I go, you know, it's kind of, it, it gets weird sometimes. You know, I'm just trying to have a taco. Pastor George! But the other day somebody met, you know, met me and we talked and he said, and they told me, oh, I saw you the other day at the train station and you were helping a lady down with her carriage. And I was like, caught in the act, baby. Not I, like somebody stepped on you and I heard you cursing somebody out because they dirty your shoe. I want more and more to be caught in the act. I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about the Spirit of God in me. 
Amen? You understand what I'm saying? It's not me. On my own, I killed the lady that squished my flowers. In my own, I burned the house down. Toma! But the Spirit of God in me says, I'll replant. Amen? I'll replant. And the money that's wasted, God will return. And the poison in the cake won't kill me. <laughs> you thought about that? Yeah, yeah. That was faith eating that cake. That was faith. That was straight faith. That's a man of prayer right there. I would have said, thank you. Yeah, like, why don't you have a bite? <laughs> Amen. But I want us, church, church, I want us to get caught in the act. I want us to, to live lives of being caught. I want us to, like when we go to the store, when we go to our jobs, I want people to catch you in the act. I, don't, I, don't, I want people to come by your computers and you have to close it real quick, not because, you're, because there's something that, you know what I'm saying, but because there was a Bible program up and you're at work and you should be working instead of, you know. But nothing to be ashamed of, you know. I want to get caught. Or let somebody come by and just look over your screen and say, wow, that dude reads the Bible? All right. All right. You want us to get caught in the act. Because you know what? That changes people. That change. We will receive power and be witnesses. How do we do it? Listen, you, some, some of you might not have this spirit of God in you. But I hope you're, you want it more than we want the men want a Bugatti right now. I, I hope you, you want, I want this spirit of God in my life. I want, I want this counselor. I want this guide. I want this leader. I want this, this comforter. I want this advocate. I want this lawyer. I want this defender. I want this, this pause. I want this breaks. I want this acceleration. I, I want this thing that could, that could send me places and stop me from doing things. I, I want this thing that, that, can, that can give me skills to do things I never studied. They saw the disciples coming out and they said, these are the guys are not drunk. But they've been empowered by something and they said, we want this. How do we get this? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Pastor G, why don't you come up? For the forgiveness, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's a gift here. If you haven't received it, I don't want you to leave. It's better than a swag bag. This promise, the word says in Acts, is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he warned them. And he pleaded with them. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted the message were baptized. Listen, a lot of times in the word we see that when the spirit of God fell on somebody. That they prophesied. 
they spoke in tongues. A lot of things happened. They were instantly healed. They were changed. They were converted. They were... Can, can that happen today in the Bronx? Can that happen? Let's, let's do it. Pentecostals, all they think of is that women can't wear pants or makeup <laughs> and people who point fingers at you and tear you up. But here's what a true Pentecostal experience means. It means the same thing that happened to those disciples in Acts 2, where the power of God came down and they were filled with the fire yes. of yes. God. Yes. And they were filled with yes. boldness. Yes. And all of a sudden, miracles began yes. to break out. And healing. And all of a sudden, these people had boldness. And they stood up against their fear. If you're a Pentecostal, it means you're believing that that Acts 2 experience can happen to us right here and right now yes. that we can be filled with the yes. very power and fire. Yes. You see, the first time when God came down in the book of Exodus, when he gave the Ten Commandments, he came down on Mount Sinai, and that same fire came down and the wind and the storm yes. and the darkness. Yes. And God said, stay away from my mountain. You are unworthy to come into the presence of a holy God. And the scripture said that even Moses had great fear and the mountain trembled and the people were afraid. That was before the blood of Jesus. After Jesus died on the cross, one more time the Holy Spirit came down in fire and wind. But this time God said, come near, come to me. My arms are open. This is for you. This is for your children. Don't be afraid of the presence of God. Heaven's gates are open wide. So I'm going to ask right now how many Pentecostals we got here in this place that you want to be filled with Holy Spirit and fire. Well, you're going to have to prove it. That means you got some boldness in you. I'm going to ask you to come right here, right now, and you're saying I'm a true Pentecostal, I want to be filled with Holy Spirit fire. You see, we're not asking God right now to come down from heaven. He came down 2,000 years ago. We're asking him that the Holy Spirit that's already in you is going to begin to overtake you, begin even to overtake your tongue your language. You're going to begin to speak out the language of angels. So just lift your hand to heaven right now. 
Father, I ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would do it again. Do it again, God. We need you, Lord God. We want your fire. If you want to let it know, come on, cry out for the fire. You. I can't do it for you. Begin to cry out, God. Send your fire, God. We want you. We want to be filled on this day of Pentecost, oh God. Overflow, overflow. Be filled in Jesus' name. Cry out, cry out. That's it. Receive. Now receive. Receive the fire. Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The power of God so that you can take a stand for Jesus. We want you, Jesus. We want more of you, Lord God. We live just to love you, Jesus. We want you more than any of the things of this world, Lord God. We hunger for you, Lord God, for your presence. And Father, I thank you for each one standing today, Lord God. Fill us, Lord God. Fill us to overflow. Fill us till we want no more, oh God. Satisfy us, Lord God. We are hungry for you. That's why we came here today, Jesus. We didn't come to fulfill our duty as a Christian. We came here today because we are radical lovers of the Most High God. So I want to challenge you, that fire that, that's glowing inside of you. How many of you are feeling an experience with God right now, right here and right now? How many of you are saying, I sense the presence of God. He's doing something in me. Well, you take that presence. And when, as Pastor Ephraim said, it's easy to do it here. When you go home, you go show unconditional love. You, you start praying for people at work tomorrow. The scripture says you lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. You be somebody's superhero. You are a company of world changers, history makers. So, Father, we thank you. And we bless you. We thank you for your holy fire, Lord God. Father, help us to live just for you, God, just to please you. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, don't go nowhere. Let's just leave this place worship. Worshiping with the, the song in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. You were the 
on, if you know this song, help us sing. Can't go back. I can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know. But I know here in the middle is the place. Is the place where you promised to be. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Unless you come, will you meet me here again? So all I want, all I want. Holy Spirit, drive 
fire that burns within us, Lord. Your Holy Spirit, Father, that gives us boldness, oh God. Father, we thank you for your unfailing love, your favor, your grace, everything that you've bestowed upon us, Lord, that we leave this place content, understanding, Lord, that you are always in control and our steps are already ordered, oh God. The steps of a righteous man. And we stand here righteous, not because of our own doing or not anything that we could do or attain, but it's because of the blood of Jesus that set us free, that redeemed us, Lord. We have salvation in you, Lord. And we thank you for salvation today. God bless you. You are blessed to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week.